Do you hear that? Stop. Listen for a sec. That's the sound of background noise, and it's starting right now. Thank you so much for tuning into Background Noise today. As always, super excited for today's episode. Extra excited, though, because it is an Alberta band, and they have a special place in my heart. I'm sitting down with Joel Stretch from Star Painter. You guys are in Lethbridge, right? Yeah, we're in Lethbridge. Awesome. Well, we'll just get the show started. I'd always like to let you just tell me a little bit about yourself, about the band, kind of your little shtick. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Joel. I play in Star Painter, and uh, we've been a band for um, four years or so. We started in 2019. The lineup has uh, shifted a little bit um, over the last few years, uh, but right now it's uh, me and a guitar player named Joel Gray and our drummer Mick, and our bassist uh, Dylan Wagner. And um, most recently, uh, for, our, for our shows, we've had Bailey Kate uh, singing and playing guitar and doing percussion in our band, and Tyler Stewart playing keys too. So uh, it's been really fun. It's turned into kind of like a, a larger band recently, where we kind of like feel like a big old, <laughs> a big old club, uh, whatever, all six of us are playing shows, and it's uh, been a really fun time. We're supporting a new record right now called Rattlesnake Dream uh, that came out um, earlier in June. Uh, and so we've been driving around playing some shows in support of that right now. And we're definitely going to talk lots about that album because I absolutely love it from the song himself to the album art. I talk about it quite a bit on my shows, especially if an artist has like really cool album art. I love the album art for Rattlesnake Dream in like in in its whole but also the ones for the singles summer in your mouth and low-hanging fruit you had some individual artwork there love it who did the album art uh, a guy named eric garcia gomez he's a mexican painter um i came across his work because he painted an album cover for jennifer castle uh she has an album called monarch season um and i was like really struck by that album cover and so um, found him on Instagram and followed him and uh, his primary subject matter is snakes in almost like all of his paintings others uh, usually a snake and um, so uh, once we like settled on the title for uh, for this album um, especially just like being really endeared to his work and seeing him painting snakes all the time it just felt like kind of a uh, natural fit to reach out to him and see if he would paint an album cover for us and uh, he was uh, really gracious. He said, sure. He uh, painted it and mailed it to us. I have it in my living room, uh, which is like pretty, uh, pretty wild and pretty cool. Like as a fan of his work to just be able to like reach out and make arrangements and have him paint something for us felt uh, pretty special. I've um, been involved in lots of uh, records before and never had like an original like painting created as an album cover. And so that was like uh, pretty sweet. And um, I, I love it too. Like it's uh kind of like psychedelic but earthy which is like kind of a rare like cross-section it feels like very prairie to me and very uh yeah like uh kind of looks like uh, around Lethbridge or whatever but also very like dreamy and psychedelic and uh interesting to look at and the the single artwork um are crops from the larger paintings so like there's lots of details in the album cover and so we kind of just like took really like high-res close-up pictures of like some uh, details from the painting for those uh, single uh, album art that's actually super cool because like it was a little bit hard to see just on like instagram just the album art because it's so little so i actually didn't notice that right away but it would be so cool uh to get like an actual like copy like that or like if you ever print it on vinyl or anything like that like i'm a big fan of cool album art so you can like put it on your like turntable and then just stare at the cover while you listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'll uh, make sure we get you a copy of it. We do have some on vinyl and I'll uh, <laughs> make sure we get you one. <laughs> oh my God. My heart would be so warm. I am a vinyl collector. I don't know if you can kind of like see it in the back. Uh, yeah, I can. That's awesome. I've definitely shrunk my collection over the years after like moving. Cause there's like record math, one vinyl. So light, not a problem. 10 vinyls all of a sudden weigh like 10,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> so after moving so many times, I was like, okay, we have to sort through what I don't actually like, 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 and actively listen to has to go because I cannot keep moving. 
thousands of pounds of yeah. records around. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit more about the album as a whole, kind of creating it, the inspiration. Uh, where did you end up recording the album as sure. well? Uh, we recorded it at my house, um, mostly just because that seemed like the um, basically the option that was available to us. Like it was um, kind of, uh, I was going to say post-COVID, um, I don't really know if we're post COVID, <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, uh, post, uh, post regulations, but usually how we've like paid for albums, uh, in the past where we've hired somebody is just by playing lots of shows. Uh, and so we'll save up money and, uh, hire somebody to do the record, but having just had like two years off, um, first of all, I had like lots of songs because I'd had like more time, uh, at home, uh, we were like definitely ready to make an album, but basically no like band money because we hadn't been playing shows. And so, um, we applied for a grant, uh, and didn't get it. And so decided we would just start tracking ourselves, um, at our house. And so did, uh, basically all the tracking engineered by our guitar player, Joel Gray. Um, he's, uh, very uh, like detail oriented person and just learned lots about, um, mic placement and how to uh, do a good capture. And I mean, he has experience with that stuff too. Like he went to school for digital audio arts, but um, definitely did kind of uh, all the heavy lifting, I'd say uh, engineering wise. Uh, and then actually partway through recording it, uh, we did get a different grant. And so we were able to hire someone to mix it, which was great. We were able to just like track it at our houses uh, and had kind of lots of time and space to do that because we weren't on the clock and nobody was, necessarily uh, like outside of the band uh, hired to do it or whatever. And so we spent most of a year uh, just like recording and playing with them and then got to send it off to a guy named John Anderson who lives in uh, Vancouver. And uh, he did a really phenomenal job mixing it. Like uh, this is the first full length I've ever been involved in that was a full home recording. Uh, but to my ears, it sounds like higher fi than lots of the studio stuff we've done because uh, first of all, Joel did a really great job engineering, but also uh, the mixes that John Anderson sent back to us were just like uh, pretty stunning. Like he just did a really, really nice job mixing the album. So. Yeah, honestly, fantastic job. Because I mean, I listen to a lot of music and like some of it you can tell has been recorded at home. Nothing wrong with that. Like it still sounds great, but you can you can tell it's it's homemade, right? Whereas with this, I genuinely like I did not know until just now when you told me would you would you say now would you prefer recording at home like this again in the future or going back into a studio what's the what's the vibes like um I think I would probably go into the studio next time if we had the option to like I would say uh recording this one at home it kind of like took over uh, took over our lives in a way that <laughs> uh, I didn't really anticipate or um hadn't really had that experience with other albums. Like usually uh, going in, you kind of whatever spend uh, on other records I've worked on like a week or two and then you're done. Like kind it's kind of like a little holiday where you just like go lay it all down and then uh, it's done and, and that's that. And it's usually been like pretty enjoyable and pretty fun uh, doing it ourselves. I would say uh, certainly was rewarding in some ways. Like I uh, really like uh, working independently and like it was cool to create something like just us, like the producing it ourselves and uh, whatever. It was rewarding and uh, certainly no regrets about doing it that way. Like it turned out great. And I think that was an, an important uh, thing to do for our band, like just to kind of work independently and whatever. But um, it was like so much work. <laughs> it like, felt like a, a year of our lives. It's kind of like uh, Saturdays and Sundays were kind of just like out the window for like months on end. And that was like pretty tiring. And so <laughs> I think next time if, uh, if we could uh, get some funding or have the opportunity to, I'd probably still prefer to just uh, do it in more of a like traditional uh, couple of weeks and then be done with it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about the title track, the song itself. Tell me a little bit about it, the inspiration for writing it, is there any story behind it? And then when you're done, we will give that a spin. The title track was the last song written for this album. Uh, it was written, I think, like two or three days before uh, actually recording the album. It was written really, really late. 
Um, it was written about an actual dream that I was having. So two or three times I had this dream where I'd be walking in the coolies in Lethbridge and end up in a physical altercation with a snake. Like it'd be like kind of jump out at me and we'd be like fighting. And uh, basically I would like uh, wake up at the moment that I like would lose the fight. Basically it'd like bite me, <laughs> uh, bite me in the neck. And then I would uh, just like wake up all sweaty and scared or whatever. And so uh, that dream was like pretty weird and pretty uh, specific and recurred a couple of times. And so, so I was just naturally in conversation. I uh, shared it with uh, shared it with people, and uh, to my surprise, most uh, most people from town that I shared it with were like, "Oh yeah, I have that dream too." Uh, which I think like there there are a lot of rattlesnakes in Lethbridge, so it kind of makes sense that it's maybe like a geographically specific neuroses, <laughs> fear, fear of snakes or whatever. But uh, I thought that that was like kind of surprising or kind of funny that uh, so many people are just out here all like dreaming about snake attacks. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, wrote a song that uh, is uh, pretty like linear and descriptive. The chorus basically just like describes uh, the dream and then it's kind of like a love song in the verses or whatever. It just, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where that tune came from. But uh, we uh, had tried on a couple different album titles uh, prior, but nothing really seemed to stick. But kind of as soon as that um, song was written, um, the title just kind of locked in for the album. It was like, yeah, this is uh, what this collection of songs is going to be called. And uh, yeah, so we can we can give that song a spin here. <laughs> well, honestly, that's almost spooky though that a bunch of people in town kind of had the same dream. <laughs> yeah kind of weird yeah surprising <laughs> but yeah let's spin rattlesnake dream hear what it's all about and then when we come back we'll talk about another song off that album Oh, uh-huh. 
You're listening to Background Noise. Like what you hear? Follow us on Instagram at Background Noise The Show for links to episodes, playlists, and more. We are back. Thank you so much for tuning into Background Noise today. Sitting down with Joel from Alberta Band Star Painter. We just listened to Rattlesnake Dream, song about a reoccurring dream. He and apparently a bunch of people in Lethbridge as have. Like, that's what a fun wavelength that everybody's on there. Uh, another song I want to talk about that I thought was really awesome was Aerostar. Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about that song? Sure. That song, I would say, falls into like a category of uh, songs that I write uh, that I would consider like, um, well, uh, my mom calls them like historical fiction songs where there's like elements of my life, but then also I just like straight fabrication kind of like mixed in. Uh, people who know me uh, find it a little bit annoying because they'll be like, uh, whatever, like factual uh, life type stuff in the in the songs. And then all of a sudden it just takes a turn and they'll be like just made up. <laughs> uh, I think it's not uncommon for songwriters. We're, we're all uh, we're all liars uh, in the songs. Usually I'll I'll say whatever uh, in a song. So that song um, references a van that my parents had growing up. Like when I was a kid, uh, we had this giant turquoise minivan. My parents like I want to four siblings and so we had this big uh, turquoise Aerostar, uh, and it's like kind of looms uh, looms in my mind a little bit as like a symbol of my childhood. Like, and sort of I connect it with music um, because I think the first like really powerful experiences I had uh, with music as a kid were usually like driving home from somewhere late at night, where like um, the kids would kind of like fall asleep or whatever. Uh, except for me and I'd like be in the backseat and kind of just put my head down by the speaker and like listen to whatever my parents were listening to and had some like uh, pretty powerful experiences at an early age in the back of that car. And so I think that's why whatever, 20 uh, some years later, uh, that Aerostar still sort of like lives on in my mind. Um, but then the, the rest is um, kind of a storytelling song, uh, sort of a like... Uh, it's like you've uh, been away for a long time from your hometown and then you're like going back and like kind of trying to find your way around, but getting lost. Uh, and th- I'm, I'm glad you asked about that song because I think that kind of sums up uh, the theme of the album uh, in a lot of ways where it's kind of like about trying to uh, reconnect with a past that like maybe uh, doesn't really exist in the same way anymore and trying to like navigate that like, uh, trying to connect with the person that you used to be and like, uh, you know, having a hard time, like uh, finding that or whatever. I like grew up in a small town and, uh, when I go back to it now, there are like some roads in that town that literally just don't go where they used to win, like because of construction and whatever, you'll be like on a road and then like in a dream where all of a sudden you're kind of like confused and like, it's like, well, this, this is the road, but it's also not the road that it was or whatever that, uh, that happened. And so there's a line in that song. Um, it's like the, the landscape ages like a face. Uh, that's kind of like, uh, one of the, I'd say like overarching kind of like themes of the album is like the connection between the way that people change and the way that like towns and like the land changes over time. Um, so that's like a really rambly response to asking about that song. I felt like <laughs> kind of going in a couple directions here, but <laughs> I know I, I I totally get it. I mean, also growing up in a small town, it's it's really trippy to watch the town grow so fast. Like, I don't know. I I I live in what's called Stony Plain, Spruce Grove area, and like when I first moved here from Ontario, Stony Plain was like really like small and definitely like its own little thing. The slogan was like the town with the painted past, and it was still a very like old historic town but now i've lived here for about 15-ish years and watching the two towns like merge together now when you have the new roads that have just been created and then like like you said like you the roads that just don't lead the same place they used to because there's like new subdivision they had to like move it or they just like closed it completely and it's just it's so it's so weird (laughs) yeah well and i I think that it uh, mirrors what happens in our personal lives right like sometimes I, like I'm sure you've had that experience where you're like connecting or trying to connect with somebody who you used to be really close with and uh, having a hard time like 
connecting in the same way that you used to connect in, right? It's not like uh, you dislike them or whatever. It's just like paths change and uh, whatever. So it's like something that happens geographically, but also is like kind of mirrored in our like relationships, I would say. Yeah, totally. And just asking about the song, it kind of reminded me too. I wanted to ask, uh, how'd you come up with the name Star Painter? Where'd that come from? Uh, it's a Gord Downey song. Um, he has a spoken word. Uh, it's like, I guess, more of a poem than a song. Uh, the first track on his album, Coke Machine Glow. And it's a poem that I really like and really connect with. It's uh, the, the lines in particular that uh, contain the word star painter it says like the, the the star painters are taking over now the scaffolding is in its place uh and it's basically like a prairie scene like it's talking about uh, looking down at the prairies uh, as like the quilt or whatever like in a plane sort of thing and then like the star painters are uh taking over it's like a dusky kind of a uh, prairie scene or whatever and I, I really love him and uh really love that poem so that's where the band name came from that's really cool big gore downy found as well and i mean i you know, flying from Ontario to Alberta, that has always been one of my favorite sights is the quilt of the prairies. When you start driving over Saskatchewan and Alberta and just, like, it looks so beautiful from, like, up above. Yeah, it is really beautiful. Awesome. Well, let's spin Aerostar, and then I'm going to throw in a, another song, one of your earlier ones, but we will talk about that afterwards when we come back. <laughs>
Listening to background noise. Like what you hear? Follow us on Instagram at Background Noise The Show for links to episodes, playlists, and more. We are back. Thank you so much for tuning into Background Noise. We're sitting down with Joel from the Alberta band Star Painter. We just listened to Mark of Cain, one of the 2020 singles, which is also on their 2020 album. Uh, Bury Me by My Family. But why don't you tell me a little bit about that song? I do believe that's your first one on Spotify as well. Yeah, yeah, that was the first song that we put out. It was the first single from our first album. That song is one of two songs from that album that were inspired um, after, uh, dur- during reading the, the book uh, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Um, the other one being Wild Azaleas. But there's kind of a, a long, like I'd say nine or ten page uh, conversation in that book where uh, two of the main characters who've basically just been having um, really like terrible luck uh, over the course of the book. It's a really like sad book and lots of terrible things happen and they're kind of reflecting on that. And what one of them is uh, talking about how what he calls that is like the mark of Cain or basically like the, the like curse of being alive is like uh, constant like adversity adversity or whatever. And so, um, I thought that in the book it was a really moving conversation, and uh, to be honest, that's probably uh, my favorite book, or at least what one of my favorite books. It was really a moving story to me, and really uh, lifelike characters. And so, anyways, after reading that uh, that conversation, I uh, wrote the tune "Mark of Cain," uh, which is, uh, takes on that theme. I'd say that it's sort of like the, the constant like adversity that seems to uh, come with living. And I mean, uh, for, for some more than others, right? Like I'm a, I'm a straight white man. I know that the adversity that I face day to day is like so much less than other people, but even for me, you know, it's like being human is hard. (laughs) It's, uh, it's hard to like, just, uh, make it all work. And so that's kind of like the, the mark of Cain or whatever from that conversation in that book. It is very hard to be a human. That is, <laughs> I literally just had that conversation with my partner 10 minutes before this, <laughs> this interview. And that is just, it's hard to be a human, no matter what kind of human you are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to be a human sometimes. That's for sure. And another song from that, that same album that really struck out to me that I feel like kind of had that vibe was Strange Corridor. I just, I probably listened to that one like three times in a row. I love that just like eerie, but like you're okay with it kind of feel I got from that song. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit more about it? Sure. I think that song was an important one for me as a writer because um, it was one of the first times that I sort of allowed myself to embrace some country music elements in writing. Like I'd played in uh, other bands over the years and always like felt uh, like felt, felt a pull to explore like uh, country music sounds. But it's like, if that's not something that you've done, uh, it's kind of like hard to uh, commit to that or start doing that at like 
uh, I think for me felt like uh, something that I wanted to do, but that I felt like maybe nervous to experiment with. I think partly because I thought maybe it would come across as like phony or whatever. Like I'm not a, you know, I'm not a cowboy or, and I'm not like uh, a true like country music savant or anything, but it's, uh, you know, the elements of country music, like pedal steel and the songwriting and, um, a lot of the song structures and stuff I've always been really drawn to. And so writing that one was the first one where I just kind of committed. And uh, it was kind of at the beginning of this project. And I kind of decided like, you know what, uh, for Star Painter, I want that to be like an element of our sound. I, I want uh, there to be some like country uh, tones. And that was the first song kind of where I allowed myself to explore some of those, uh, some of those sounds. And so um, I remember tracking that one, uh, hearing uh, hearing it back for the first time kind of just welling up a little bit because it like sounded how I had uh wanted to sound for so long where it's like this is this is what I want to be doing that's awesome I love to hear that 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 when things work out like that and you know when you make a song and it turns out exactly like you heard in your head or like I do art all the time so I get really excited when like my piece of art comes together like it was in my head. I'm like, oh, good, I did it. Like, it's, it always feels really good when it, when it comes together like that. Yeah, it's rewarding. Let's spin uh, Strange Corridor. And, ooh, actually, I want to spin one more song, too, and we'll talk about it real quick here. Uh, it was a really short one, but I thought it was kind of funny. Cute little love song, I thought, anyways. Grocery Store. Just tell me a little bit about Grocery Store. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I I don't uh, I don't feel like I have that much to say about that one. I think your uh, like description of it is kind of just like a funny uh, short song. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's about uh, getting drunk and going shopping. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I think I had a conversation with somebody once where, um, like during the pandemic, they said they really like related to that song. I. Uh, wrote that song pre-pandemic for sure but uh when going grocery shopping was feeling like kind of scary that was like the only uh time you'd go out or whatever somebody messaged me and was like man getting drunk and going grocery <laughs> shopping man that's like you had your finger on the pulse there <laughs> that's awesome well let's spin those two songs and then when we come back i want to talk about i guess some of the other projects that some of the other members have been in. I found two. You gave me one from Bailey, and then I had to dig for another one from, I think, your drummer, Mickey. But we'll talk about that when we come back.
You're listening to Background Noise. Like what you hear? Follow us on Instagram at Background Noise The Show for links to episodes, playlists, and more. Thank you so much for tuning in to Background Noise today. Sitting down with Joel from Alberta band Star Painter. We just listened to a couple songs from their first album, 2022, Bury Me by My Family. But I want to talk about some of the other projects some of the other members have been kind of involved in. We'll talk about first uh, Bailey's because she is a new addition to the band, right? Uh, She's a singer. So we will play Care from her 2021 album, Within Without. But why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, Bailey and adding her to the group? It happened like... Uh, really organically, I'd say, like we, we all, all play in Bailey's band um, and have for quite a few years. It uh, started out as like a Venn diagram with like shared members in the middle, and then over the course of the last few years, has just turned into a, a perfect circle where <laughs> uh, we all play in both. Uh, with the exception, actually, of Tyler, who's been playing keys with us. He hasn't played in uh, Bailey's band. I, I play keys in Bailey's band. That's my role in her band. Um, but when we were recording this album, um, she contributed vocals to like almost all the songs. Like um, I think all except for maybe like two or three of them have uh, her harmonies on them. Uh, and she's uh, a really great like kind of uh, all around musician. Like she can play guitar. She's great at percussion. Uh, and so she started uh, coming uh, up for a few songs to sing on the ones that she sang on but in the recordings there's always like uh, guitars and uh, percussion and other stuff going on that it's like man if, if you're here uh and uh, want to like come to the shows anyways or whatever let's just like uh get you in the band and get you uh, doing more and it's it's been like such a like amazing positive change having uh, her uh, singing and playing in our band i just love having someone to sing with like uh to be on stage uh, like, like harmonizing and singing together has been like really rewarding, but um, she's an incredible writer and singer. Like that record of hers within without um, was kind of right around when I met her was when she was writing those tunes. Uh, and so I feel like a pretty strong personal uh, attachment to that album. I got to uh, sit on, sit in on all those sessions and play keys uh, on that whole record. And um, yeah, she's uh just the best. I'd say my like my favorite Lethbridge uh, writer and singer, and uh, feel really lucky to get to play in her band. And it's uh, led to some pretty like tight friendships too, uh, because uh, you know if we're not doing Star Painter stuff, we're usually doing Bailey Kate stuff, and it's like all the same people. And so we kind of just have gone through the last few years uh, with the the five or six of us, depending who's around. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. That's actually so awesome to hear. I love that. And uh, we'll talk about what I think is your drummer side projects, Cope. I really had to dig for that one. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's going to be a total vibe check to the rest of the episode for one, because it's definitely quite a bit heavier than both Star Painter and Bailey Kate. But I was a big fan. Uh, I don't know if you can talk on Cope at all, but just tell me a little bit more about your drummer and his other project there. Totally, yeah. Um, mix, like... Uh like past as a drummer, like when he was uh, a younger person was mostly in rock bands. Like he uh, played in some pretty uh, like heavy or or rocky bands uh, when he was younger. And uh, Cope kind of keeps, I think that, uh, that part of his like drummer personality alive. And actually uh, the writer and guitar player and singer in Cope was uh, in Star Painter when we started as well. Uh, Tyson's his name. Uh, and he was uh, in the original lineup of Star Painter. Uh, and so there's a connection there as well. Tyson is uh, an absolute gem, just like a really, uh, really disciplined, funny, sweet person. Uh, they were a duo for a long time. And then uh, they actually just uh, just got Masters back for uh, a, new, uh, a new release of theirs. Couple days ago, I'm probably spilling the beans here. I probably shouldn't, <laughs> probably, probably shouldn't say that, but uh, they, they have some new stuff coming down the line that uh, is really sick. It's, it's going to be really awesome. Hey, that's awesome. I mean, we'll take note to then keep an eye on, on Cope for when, whenever yeah. that's coming out. That's awesome. Let's spin Care from Bailey Kate 
and then uh, Coleria from Cope there. And uh, when we come back, unfortunately, we will have to wind down the show a little bit. But I do want to talk about one more song before we do off that latest album, Rattlesnake Dream. But first, here's a song from Bailey Kate.
You're listening to Background Noise. Like what you hear? Follow us on Instagram at Background Noise The Show for links to episodes, playlists, and more. We are back. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I had so much fun talking to Joel from Star Painter, a really awesome, chill Alberta band. It's just, it sounds like Alberta too. I don't know if that's like a weird thing to say, but it, it it's something that I feel like plays in every truck across the prairies. Like it just, it sounds like home to me. Uh, one song I want to talk about before we wrap it all up. And this was the first song I heard from you guys. Uh, I found it on a random Spotify playlist. Uh, Low Hanging Fruit. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that song? Sure. Uh, I'm curious to know, what. do you remember what playlist you found it on? How did you come across it? Yes. So I do follow, I want to say it's like the Cups and Cakes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Podcast and playlist. Um, I listen to their playlist because they update it every Sunday. I have found some freaking awesome bands um, through that playlist. You guys obviously being one of them. And as soon as I heard that song, I was like, I need to get these guys on my show. <laughs> I was like, this song is awesome. That's when I reached out to you. And that's the story. That's sweet. Yeah, I love Cups and Cakes. They're uh, so important. Uh like I think the, the niche that they're filling, the kinds of stuff that they're writing about, uh, it's usually it's of such a high caliber and not always being written about elsewhere. Like I, I really love Cups and Cakes. Uh, that, that's great. That's where you uh, came across our stuff. Uh, I think that's really cool. Low Hanging Fruit, um, I think, was sort of the uh, like vibe, uh, like setter for for this album. I, I don't know if that vibe setter is not a word, but you know what you know what I mean where it's like um, from album to album, there's always kind of like uh, shifts in the like musical vernacular that you're using where it's like, uh, especially if different people are playing, you kind of got to like find what the parameters of that record are going to be. Uh, where it's like what what uh, what timbres or like what instruments or what uh, sort of like styles are you going to be working in for like this collection of songs. And um, what I really like to do when I'm writing is... Uh, Sort of like try on different outfits like just for fun like do like uh something way outside what you normally do and just kind of like see what feels good or whatever and um so as i was writing these songs we'd kind of demo them and do that like just try on different outfits well some would be like really uh like fuzzy and weird and noisy and some would be like pretty and piano and whatever and kind of through doing that when this demo uh was created it was kind of like this is sort of what we want them to, to sound like and so we'd kind of like go back and uh, rearrange some of the other songs to sort of like belong as a family with uh with some of the tones in mind so like just having the like piano and the organ and uh some like percussion tambourine triangle whatever uh that kind of became like the language that we wanted to communicate these songs through and so uh, it was a i'd say important song for this record uh, stylistically because it kind of set the tone for what we were trying to do Cool, I love that. No, it, it definitely was a vibe setter. That's for sure. I, I really enjoy that song. Before we spin that song, though, and end up the show, I know you guys played the Avery a couple weeks ago uh, in Edmonton here. How did that show go? It was awesome. Uh, that was our first time playing at the Aviary, and um, it was, like, I, I definitely want to play there again. It was so fun. People came out and were just like so warm and receptive. Um, it's nice. Like I found at that show, it was like the the size of a bar show, but the way that people were acting was more like uh, a like sit down show or whatever. And that that's like kind of a sweet spot that not a lot of venues exist in. It's like either um, you're playing at a bar and people are like visiting and wandering around, and it's less uh, less like focused. And that's fine. I like playing those shows too. Um, we're not big enough to like book uh, sit down shows or like, it's not like we can book a theater. And so every once in a while where we can get a show where it's like small, uh, but also people are just like actually there to sit and listen to the music. That's like pretty sweet and not, not necessarily something that happens every night for us. And so uh, that show at the aviary was um, super fun. Also getting to play with uh, Amy Nelson uh, at the aviary and also at all of our release shows we played with her. She's uh, so awesome. Like if you 
uh, haven't listened to Amy Nelson, um, check her out, especially try to go to one of her shows. Like she just kind of casts a spell. Uh, every time I see her play, I think that it just like can't get any better. And then she just keeps getting better. Like every time I see her, it's like, that's the best Amy Nelson show I've seen yet. Like how, like that was unreal. And, you know, it's kind of on a trajectory where I think she's just going to uh, take over the universe because she's <laughs> so cool and so good. And then at that Edmonton show, we got to play with Sammy Volkov too, who's uh, just an unbelievable talent. Like uh, the writing and the singing and um, just like on stage, like charisma as well. Like I, I had so much fun watching both of them. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you asked about that show. It was a really good one. Awesome. I mean, honestly, I'm super sad that it missed, but I have heard nothing but fantastic things about like aviary shows also because i am my favorite types of shows are the, like the sit down and i have a table to like sip on my coffee while i casually enjoy the music i'm not a i'm not a get up or i'm not a, not actually a do things i like to sit down and have my <laughs> snack and enjoy yeah. the show yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> awesome well is there any other shows you got lined up for the summer or anything else we should be keeping an eye on star painter for I'll be at Frog Fest, which happens in uh, Cowley, kind of by Pinchick Creek. I'm uh, really excited about that. The lineup's really cool. Our friends, uh, Kid Cowley, are playing there, uh, and Apollo Sons are playing there, and uh, Lomlet uh, from Calgary, and uh, Daisha and the Voodoo. It's really, a really nice lineup, uh, and it's just like out in the country, so that'll be a really nice one. And then a few kind of uh, one-offs throughout the summer, and I think probably more to come. We're playing on uh, – I'm going to have to pull up my calendar here. We're playing in Lethbridge uh, at an event at Fort Whoop-Up um, on June uh, – I think it's Thursday the uh, 22nd. Um, we're, we're playing a, an event at Fort Whoop-Up. It's like um, – uh, I was, I was, you should, you should edit this part out. I, I think I have the date wrong and I, I can't remember what the event is called. Uh, so just edit this, edit this part out. Uh, we'll be at, uh, at CASA uh, in Lethbridge on August uh, 3rd, I believe that's a Thursday. Um, let's see here. Yeah. August 3rd, we'll be at CASA for their Upside Downtown series and, uh, we're working on a couple other dates as well. If you want to keep up to date with us, we're in all the in all the usual places. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook, or we have a website and try to try to keep people updated on where we're playing. So. Fantastic! And as always, I will link you guys in all of our posts as well. So it's really easy for the listeners to find you, follow you, uh, keep up to date on those concerts, music releases, all that fun stuff. Thank you so much, Joel, for sharing your stories and talking to me today. It was so good to get to meet you. This is Low Hanging Fruit. Somebody somewhere
Well, that's all I got for today, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to Background Noise. I had a blast. And hey, you know what? If you're a Canadian musician as well and you're thinking, I want to be on the show, just click the link in our Instagram bio at Background Noise the Show and we'll try to set something up.